0: Welcome to the Lipnigam show. Today I will present to you part 2 of my talk on building lasting relationships. But before I start the discussion, I would like to express my sincere gratitude to all my wonderful listeners for the encouraging comments received by me on part 1 of my talk. Just to recap part 1, I shared 3 key success principles. First, help people accomplish what they wish to and in turn they would help you accomplish your goals. People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. The second principle we discussed was a three-year formula. Accept people as they are without judgment and appreciate and acknowledge people for all their strengths and the value they bring into your life. The third principle we discussed was gratitude. Practice gratitude in day-to-day life and you would see magical impact on your relationships. I would now like to present to you part two of my talk on building lasting relationships. On January 25th this year, we celebrated 40th wedding anniversary. It was a milestone wedding anniversary. However, in view of current pandemic situation, we decided to celebrate it over a video conference call. Both our sons and their families joined the video call from their homes. We got three cakes at three different locations and ate them virtually this was followed by a family music session where everyone presented a musical performance following the music session our sons requested us to share the secret of our 40 year happy married life we readily agreed and shared with them our thoughts about the four foundational pillars of our 40 year happy married life the first Put your ego aside while making critical decisions. During 40 years of our married life, we had to take many critical decisions right from leaving a well-settled life in India and immigrating to Singapore in 1993, sending our younger son, Shishir, to study in Toronto, and once again immigrating to Canada in 2010, leaving a well-established and settled life in Singapore, just to mention a few. All these were critical decisions with huge inherent risk, especially while deciding to move countries, living our well-settled life. But both me and my wife, Anita sat down together, discussed the pros and cons of every single decision and took a decision with a common understanding to embrace the change holding each other's hand and making it happen one more time in a new country and enjoy the opportunities offered to us by the move. The good news was, despite initial challenges after moving to Singapore, we both felt moving the family to Singapore in 1993 was one of the best decisions of our life. We need to understand no relationship is perfect, and every relationship is unique. In any marriage, there will be ups and downs. We need to learn to respect and appreciate each other's viewpoint, our individual dreams and values, without letting our personal ego impact our relationships. When there's equality in relationships, each partner respects others' feelings and inputs. Taking a dominating position by either partner in a decision-making process would not help build a healthy, lasting married relationship. Second foundational pillar of a happy married life is open communication and accommodation one of the most crucial decisions of our life was when we decided to immigrate to canada in 2010 we had been well settled in singapore for the past 11 years i was holding a senior management position with a french multinational who was doing quite well in my career we had a great friend circle and a well established life and a growing network marketing business both our sons were in north america the elder one working in Boston U.S. and the younger one studying in University of Toronto. We have had Canadian permanent residence for a few years and our sons were always pressing us to immigrate to Canada. Having been in Singapore for over 17 years we were in our comfort zone and a move to Canada would have meant uprooting everything what we had created in Singapore and leaving an amazing friend circle. It also required me to find a new job in Canada in my field of expertise. But interestingly, I had never worked in North America. In short, it was quite a decision to be made, that too at the prime of my career, and it required us to establishing ourselves in Canada from ground zero. As you would agree, disagreements are likely to happen since we are two different personalities, and a sincere desire to accommodate each other's viewpoint is important. Decision-making with due consideration to each other's viewpoint and open communication to understand each other's perspective is critical. We have had detailed discussion on the subject amongst us and with our sons, evaluated the pros and cons of moving country at the peak of my career, and finally decided to immigrate to Canada. Having taken the decision, we also agreed to embrace the consequences of such a move, whether positive or negative. However, in our heart, we were quite sure we would be able to Establish ourselves one more time in Canada, and we are happy to say we are both very happy with our decision and also enjoying the great Canadian lifestyle The third foundational pillar of a happy married life is free Never's formula as you would agree In the early years of marriage, everything is beautiful. We love each other, enjoy each other's company, and always see good in each other. However, as we move on the journey, the attitude starts changing. We start taking each other for granted, and we start being critical of each other. We tend to miss out the point that marriage is a union of two different personalities with their unique strengths and also unique weaknesses. It's extremely vital to value each other's strengths and complement each other in this beautiful journey of raising a wonderful family while enjoying every phase of happy married life a great success formula to follow is three never's rule never criticize condemn or complain our criticism tells people their thoughts opinions and values are wrong and not valued and has always a negative impact on relationship Criticism only puts the person on defensive and he or she starts avoiding open and frank discussion on the subjects critical to a happy marriage. Even in our 40-year marriage journey, there were occasions where we had defensive opinions on critical issues. Instead of being critical of each other, we decided to deliberate, gave a patient hearing to each other's perspective and then took a decision. The more attention we pay to people, The more we convey that we value their opinion and value them. One unwritten rule in our happy married life has been to follow a no argument approach. In case of difference of opinion, the discussion reaching an argumentative stage, invariably, one person would withdraw from the discussion. We decide to hit the pause button and revisit the subject, and both are more receptive to hear each other's perspective calmly. Fourth foundational pillar of a happy married life is independence and privacy. Healthy couples don't have to spend every minute with each other, and it's vital to allow each other space to pursue their own passion, hobbies, and the life's preferences, like staying connected with their families, old friends, or anything else that's near their heart. My wife loves teaching young children, learning music, painting and reading about healthy lifestyle and staying in touch with her family and friends. And I ensure she gets enough time to pursue these. Likewise, she also allows me to pursue my passion of writing, coaching, and gardening. We, however, have to be mindful that one partner's passion towards his dreams does not create an imbalance in managing the overall goal of nurturing a happy and successful family. I'm now going to touch on something which is foundational to building lasting relationships. Let me start by asking you a question. Who is the person you love the most? Your answer may include your sweetheart, your mother, or your newborn baby. However, the right answer to the question is you. The first person you need to love is you. And this is a direct correlation with the kind of relationships you would have in life. Let me share a story when my father taught me the first lesson on self-love. The story goes back to when I was at school. I decided to participate in a cultural event and wanted to sing a song. I prepared the song well. However, before my name was announced, another child went to the stage and sang the same song. Anyway, I still went on the stage, hoping that I would be able to sing another song. But as soon as I stepped on the stage, facing 500 children, my voice froze and I couldn't sing any song, and I came rushing to the backstage and started crying. The children backstage started consoling me and saying, Don't worry, it's not the end of the world. But the children in the audience were all laughing, and I really felt bad about myself. Anyway, I came back home and shared the story with my parents. While my mother was trying to console me, My father asked me a question Who was laughing? The children in the audience or the children at the backstage? I replied, Children in the audience were laughing, but the children in the backstage were all cheering me up. That day, my father gave me my first lesson on self love, which was failure is a part of life. Don't worry about what people say or think about your failure, it's all about how you react to your failures. Take lessons from each failure and move on in life. With that story in mind, I wish to share with you six non negotiables on how to develop self love or self esteem and in turn build lasting relationships. First, you are unique, so take pride in who you are. Know yourself well, never ever compare yourself with others. Know your strengths, your weaknesses, and the distinct value proposition you bring to the table. Practice daily gratitude and be thankful for what you have. Never ever pass the remote control of your emotions to anyone. Their opinions of you is based on their own self-image and their experiences of life, and you are not obligated to accept them. Think of a mantra that allows you to connect with your highest self. A mantra could be, I love myself for exactly who I am today. Create your unique self-talk and speak it aloud at least three times daily. Number two, forgive yourself for your failures. We have all weaknesses and limitations. Certain things can be ignored while others may need us to work on. Holding grudge against yourself gets in the way of self-love. Don't ever beat up yourself learn from your mistakes, and move on. Third, people treat you the way you treat yourself. Know your self-worth. When you treat yourself with love, compassion, forgiveness, and respect, others will treat you the same way. Never, ever undermine yourself, even jokingly. Remember, your words count. Law of Attraction says, Like attracts like. So, refrain from putting yourself down. Fourth, schedule a me time every day. Make time to nurture yourself and act in a self loving way. This is the period you put yourself first over any other commitments. Do simple activities that you enjoy. For me, it's being in my backyard nurturing my plants reading a book in the morning and listening to music it's all about creating a little self-love ritual love yourself by showing love to your body invest time in your health exercising regularly going for a walk and treat yourself with healthy food take out time each day about 20 to 30 minutes to practice yoga pranayam, or meditation for a calm and peaceful mind being fit makes us fit emotionally and increases our self-esteem fifth build your mental immunity noted motivational speaker jim ron said you are the average of five people you spend the most time with my self-esteem moved up from seven to nine when i started associating with high achievers during the course of building my e-commerce businesses starting 2003 and since then It has been a way of my life. During the above business building process, I also picked the habit of reading 20 to 30 minutes daily. Whether I am jogging, gardening, or driving, I am soaking myself with positive talks from global leaders through a podcast or an e-book. These actions help me build my mental immunity and keep me upbeat about me and my future. Sixth. Celebrate small wins. When I first delivered an e-commerce opportunity to a 500 plus audience in a five-star hotel in Singapore, or when I took charge of training over 200 management executives on the new supply chain process being rolled in my previous company, I received a huge applause from the audience, and that enhanced my self-esteem. Write a journal and record small wins on a daily basis, and celebrate small victories. With your loved ones. This simple habit will go a long way in raising your self-esteem and self-love quotient. To conclude, developing self-love or self-esteem is like training your muscles in a gym. You could build it with time if you are intentional about it. Remember, only a person who loves himself is able to love others and develop healthy and lasting relationships. I would like to close my talk on the subject by sharing with you a short audio by global leadership guru, John Maxwell. So here it is.
1: Today, I want to talk to you about relationships. When I was in the seventh grade, I read a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Uh, my father, uh, when each one of the children, I was the middle child, got to the seventh grade. He literally paid us an allowance to read books that he put in our hands because he felt that reading good books could change your life and that was one of those books. That did change my life. In fact, I read that book every year through high school and took two Dale Carnegie relationship classes while I was in high school. What I knew as a very young man that I'm sharing with you now as a very old man is this. The quality of your relationships will determine the quality of your life. I wrote a book called 25 Ways to Win with People, which was really a book that was kind of my Dale Carnegie book, helping people to win with relationships. And in that book, on 25 Ways to Win with People, there are five people practices that I want to give you that will help you in getting better relationally with other people. Number one, practice the 32nd rule. This is a simple thing that you can do and you can start doing it immediately. The 30-second rule means that within the first 30 seconds that you see somebody or meet them, say something positive about their life. Compliment them, something that is nice. In the first 30 seconds, be intentional to start your conversation off in a positive way with another person. The second thing that I would encourage you to do, it's a great practice, is to listen with your heart. Now, I know we have ears to listen, but listening with your heart is wanting to listen. It focuses on us really wanting to understand the person that we're hearing from. Now, this is a practice that I had to learn because I was not a naturally good listener. In fact, I had one of my staff members one day come up to me and have an honest moment with me and say, John, you don't listen to us. And for a moment, that was hard for me to receive and I kind of pushed back and was defensive. But the longer that I thought about it, the more I realized that she was exactly right. I didn't listen well. And so for the next couple of years on my legal pad, I'd put a big L over in the right-hand top corner of that legal pad, that big L just stood for listen. And I would get into meetings and I would be tempted to talk more than I should. And I'd see the big L on the legal pad and I'd just say, shut up, John, listen. Listen with your heart, listen to understand, listen to care. The third thing that I would encourage you to practice in in relationships is to remember a person's story. I've I've discovered that everyone has a story and I love to hear what their story is. I love to ask them about their story. I can remember Margaret and I many years ago uh, going into uh, an Italian uh, restaurant down in the area where we live in Florida called Evo's. And uh, as we were ordering food, I asked for a Coke Zero, and the uh, waitress said they didn't have Coke Zero there, they had Diet Cokes. I said, okay, and I took the Diet Coke. Uh, We came in about maybe a month later, and and I sat down, and and I started ordering my food, and and the uh, waitress came up to me, and, and she had a Coke Zero. And she began to pour it into my glass of ice and I looked at her and so, said, oh my goodness, you've you got Coke hero. She said, sure, Mr. Maxwell. She said, when you were here last, you said that was your favorite drink and so we have it now in stock for you. We, we remembered that's what you liked and so therefore we wanted to serve you well. Ah, You see, she remembered my story. And one of the best ways to value people is just to remember their stories. It will make them feel special. Number four, create a memory and visit it often. I love to create memories. In fact, I tried to do it on a daily basis. And with my children as they grew up and now with my grandchildren, I was always asking them two questions. Every experience that we had, big experience, small experience, it didn't matter. I would ask them these two questions. What did you love and what did you learn? I've been asking those questions now for 40 years. And trust me, every experience that you have You need to evaluate and pull out of that experience something that will help you grow and learn. Asking a person what they love, what they learn, will help them to kind of evaluate those experiences and create those memories with those families and other people around you that they just will never forget. And finally, help people win. Uh, This works with family, this works with friends and business associates, help people to learn how to win. What I've discovered is that most people go through experiences of life and they don't get a lot of wins. And if you have the ability to make things happen for yourself, then help make things happen for others. In fact, one of the great transitions I had in my life relationally was when I quit trying to make things happen always for me and I began to set things up that would happen for others so that they could experience the wins, so they could experience the joys. Here's what I know. As you look back on your life, the relationships that you have on your life will give you your greatest memories and they'll also give you your most difficult, saddest moments. But if you're intentional in building into people's lives and adding value to people on a daily basis, I can promise you You'll have a lot of good memories with a lot of good people that will give you a foundation of relational success because leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Where do you gain influence with people? By connecting with them and relating to them. Remember this people won't go along with you unless they can get along with you. So be a person that they can get along with. And then, you can go together on that journey.
0: Hope my two-part talk on building lasting relationships was able to add value to you. And if yes, please share in the comment section which two principles you would like to implement in your life. In my next episode, I would be presenting to you an inspiring success story of Mr. Ujjal Dosanjh, the former Premier of British Columbia. And I'm sure it would touch your heart and mind. Till then stay tuned, stay inspired.